Hey, how you doing? My name's Greg Knapp, and this is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today on the podcast, the secret to doing the impossible and how to daydream your way to success. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. You can't do it. It's impossible. Can't be done. There's just no way. You're wasting your time, dude. When you say those things, or someone convinces you those things are true, your brain shuts down. It doesn't even try to come up with options. It just says, all right, guess I don't need to think about how to make that happen. I'll just move on to trying to figure out the next thing they should stuff in our pizza crust. You know we can buy pizza crust stuff with cheese, cream cheese, three cheeses, five cheeses, bacon. Mmm, bacon. Cheese and pepperoni, hot dogs, and we can dip it all in ranch dressing. Can't figure out why America has an obesity problem. All right, back to the topic. If you believe it can't be done, you will never do it. You won't even try to do it. Your ideas and dreams will simply fade and die. You know, there's a French proverb about it. To believe a thing impossible is to make it so. But what if? What if you assume it is possible? What happens then? You know, every great thing that humankind has created was first thought to be impossible. Man flight, space travel, radio, television, cell phones, personal computers, lasers, cancer treatments, whatever else you can think of. All these things were considered impossible when the first person dreamed it up. Now we got them all. So, what if we start saying, it's possible? That's possible. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, it's possible. What if we start to imagine how it could be done? Then our brains start a new kind of thinking, a new kind of innovative, inventive, creative, and productive thought process. We've asked our brains to find a solution, so our brains are working on it. You remember the Apollo 13 space mission? After the fire and oxygen problems, imagine if the astronauts and engineers had said, well, no way we can fix this. They all would have died. All the astronauts, done. That's what would have happened. But instead, they said this, failure is not an option. They knew it was possible. Their brains started working on the problem, and they solved it. Speaking of the Apollo space program, back when NASA was taking bids on how to protect the spaceships and astronauts from the extreme hot and cold in space, my friend Dr. Harold Finch was a young engineer. And he loved the idea of the space program. He wanted to be a part of it. So Harold went to his boss and said, hey, I want to bid on this new NASA project. And his boss laughed at him. That's right. He laughed at him. He told Harold, no, man, you're a brand new engineer. You're not qualified to bid on this. It's impossible for our company to get the contract. You can't do it. The smartest people in the world are working on that. You don't have a chance. It's impossible. Oh, man, that got Harold fired up. He started thinking about the problem. See, the side of the spacecraft exposed to the sun got too hot. The side in the shadow got too cold. It would destroy the ship and kill the astronauts if they couldn't solve the problem. So Harold started working on ideas, and he started thinking about it all the time. And, I mean, he thought about it for weeks, and he couldn't come up with a solution. But he kept at it. He knew it was possible. He kept telling himself it was possible. And he said, I'm the one who's going to solve it. I know I can do it. Now, after these weeks went by and he's just 
so focused on this. He, he's, I mean, I got to have a break. And so he let his subconscious mind start working on the problem when he went to get some great KC barbecue at Gates for lunch. And while he was waiting for his meal, he was watching a pig cooking on a spit. And that's when it hit him. I mean, this idea just popped into his head. Of course, it didn't just pop into his head. His brain had been working on this for a long time. But he thought to himself, self, wait a second. The barbecue chefs have figured out what NASA hasn't. In order to make sure that heat is evenly distributed, you rotate the pig over the heat source. Well, can't we do the same thing with spaceships? Can't we put the spaceship into a slow roll so it continually goes from sunlight to shadow, never staying in one position long enough to get too hot or too cold? And just like that, the barbecue roll was born. Harold put in his bid with NASA, and he got it. What his boss had told him was impossible became possible because Harold believed it was possible. And if you listen hard in the movie Apollo 13, you can actually hear someone say, uh, initiate barbecue roll. That was my friend Harold's idea. Super cool. Is there anything recently that caused you to say it can't be done? Maybe there's a potential customer you don't think you can land. Or maybe discovering your passion and purpose to create the extraordinary life of your dreams seems impossible. Or maybe it's a new business venture that you really want to try, but you don't see how you can make it work. Creating a lasting relationship with someone you might want to spend the rest of your life with. Impossible. Buying that new house. Impossible. Taking on a new project. What would happen if instead you assume it's possible? What would happen if you say failure is not an option and you start some imaginative thinking on how to do it? See, if you start asking the right questions, you might be shocked by the answers that your brain comes up with. And then, don't miss this part, take immediate action. Action makes the impossible dream become possible. So, here are some action steps. One, take some quiet time tonight and just dream. Ask yourself, what would I like to do if I knew I could do it? What one thing would I change in each part of my life if I knew I could? Two, Imagine everything as possible and just start listing ideas on how you can make the changes you want in your life. List as many as you can. Three, pick the one change that matters most to you and write down every possible way you can make it happen. And then four, take at least one action right away to get started. Action changes dreams into reality. Let me know how this goes. Email me, greg at gregorybnapp.com. It's in the show notes as well. If this podcast resonates with you, I've got a favor to ask and a gift to give. Subscribe or follow and rate the show and get three people to listen. Ask them to get three people to listen. Once you've done that, email me personally, greg at gregorybnapp.com. Let me know you've done it and I will give you a gift. This idea goes along with what we were just talking about, and it's how to daydream your way to success. See, being called lazy is one of the worst things you can call an American. We take great pride in being busy and working hard. I mean, this isn't France. But what if working really hard looks like you're being lazy? I mean, isn't that what happens when you're thinking and daydreaming? And isn't that where we make the biggest advances in everything we do? I love what Henry Ford said about it. Thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason why so few engage in it. Yeah, I'm not being lazy. I'm just thinking. That's what I tried to tell my 10th grade trigonometry teacher. I'm not goofing off. I'm thinking big, deep thoughts. For some reason, he didn't believe me. Maybe if I'd had the Ford quote back then.
See, Ford told his engineers that they should spend time every day just thinking. He knew that was how they would come up with improvements for the factory line and the new models of cars. It sure wouldn't come from busy work. Everything humankind has ever made began with a thought. Everything that ever will be made, innovated, or invented will begin with a thought. There's no other possible way to begin anything. Think about it. See, even that requires a thought. Einstein published his five most famous papers while working as a junior patent clerk in a Swiss office. He said he had more time to think at that job than he did once he became a science professor working at a university. See, we need to schedule time to think, brainstorm, let our minds wander and daydream. It's virtually impossible to be at your creative best in five to 10 minute increments. You can't invent the next best thing when you let your email, text messages, and meetings constantly interrupt your flow. And oh, the meetings. The meetings! Please make them stop. Yes, that meetings comment is aimed at you, Mr. Everyone Needs to Come to My Two-Hour Borathon so I can hear myself speak and show how important I am, guy. Stop it! There are two types of thinking that I'm referring to here. One is thinking about a problem, obstacle, or goal. You focus on the issue at hand at the expense of everything else. You look at it from every angle. You research it, learn about it, and brainstorm new ideas. The second way of thinking is just let your mind wander. You don't have an agenda here. You've blocked off some time, maybe one to two hours, and just let your mind lead you where it wants to go. Now, this is usually the time that all the things you've been thinking about but putting off work their way back to the front of your mind. And the cool thing is, quite often, new ideas just start popping into your head. It used to happen to me when I was jogging, but I hate jogging, so I stopped doing that. So now it usually happens when I'm sitting on the beach or taking a shower. Remember, thinking does not mean you're lazy. It means you're doing some of the hardest and best work there is. I love what L. Hansbury said. Never be afraid to sit a while and think. So, as always, action. Action steps. One, block out one or two hours to think and don't allow any interruptions. Now, most of us can't do this every day, so pick one to three days a week to do it. It helps if you let others know what you're doing and why you're doing it so they don't think you're goofing off, even though you kind of are, but not really. Oh, and if you can't stand just sitting and thinking, you can do any repetitive activity that doesn't take much of your conscious brain power to do it. I'm talking about things like walking, jogging, swimming, cleaning the dishes. Your spouse is going to love that one. Gardening, mowing, all those kind of things. That type of activity might even spur your thoughts on, according to the research. Number two, write down every thought that comes to you that could be useful. Number three, take your best ideas and spend some time thinking about how to put them into practice. And number four, take action on the new idea right away. Don't let the idea fade. So here are my questions for you. How do you find time to think and what benefits come from it? Let me know. Greg at GregoryBnap.com. It's in the show notes as well. Remember what Albert Einstein said. The world we have created is a product of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Yeah. Let's go. If this podcast resonates with you, I've got a favor to ask and a gift to give. Subscribe or follow and rate the show and get three people to listen. Ask them to get three people to listen. Once you've done that, email me personally, greg at gregorybnap.com. Let me know you've done it and I will give you a gift.